CAVU is a pilot term. It stands uh, for Clear and Visibility Unlimited. It's those blue sky days that pilots just love to get out in the air and fly for the love of it. One of the challenges for innovation and to capture new ideas is to get them from everybody, from hear from everybody in the business and from outside. So I've kind of overloaded that acronym and called it CAVU for customers, associates, vendors, and universities. We want to capture ideas from everywhere and bring the relevant technology into Vertive as quickly as we can. Welcome to Season 5 of the Service Council In-Service Podcast Series. I'm David Knorr, your host. The global pandemic has forced every equipment manufacturer in every industry to revisit its business model, technology infrastructure, support, and service processes. Field service, support, and experienced leaders have had to challenge their assumptions, accelerate their remote or virtual capabilities, and embrace a cultural transformation. Beyond the human and economic toll, we believe this time to be an opportunity to think and lead differently in the entire customer experience journey. So each month, I will interview executives for what they're seeing, what they're thinking, what they're doing in the after-COVID world to reinforce their brand promise and deliver an exceptional level of support, service, and experiences. So let's get started. He's the Chief Innovation Officer at Vertiv, a global provider of critical digital infrastructure and continuity solutions headquartered in Columbus, Ohio. In his 30-plus years in the industry, he has led the Global Advanced Analytics Group for the service team at Vertiv, specializing in real-time data and connecting Vertiv's nearly 1 billion operating products to the Vertiv Cloud. He was the Global Director of Lifecycle Management for the Services Group and has served in a number of other service environments. His educational background includes ABD at Liberty University, focusing on agile project management of IoT and big data projects, an MBA from the University of Phoenix, and undergraduate degrees in applied mathematics and information technology. He's also, interestingly enough, a licensed commercial pilot and an avid biker. Join me on this episode of the Service Council In-Service Podcast with Greg Radcliffe. Welcome back to another episode of the In-Service Podcast Series. Today, I'm joined by Greg Radcliffe, Chief Innovation Officer at Vertiv. Greg, welcome. Thanks, David. How are you today? I'm great, thanks. Thanks for joining us. Greg, for those who may not know as much about you, could you briefly give us a glimpse into where you've been, what you've done, a little about your background? Sure. I had my startup here in central Ohio many years ago, and I've had the pleasure of several starts, several experiences with great leaders. I joined technology and technology as a service out of OSU when the dean of engineering asked me to come and join his startup. That thing ran for many years and grew up to about 1,500 people, ultimately uh, resulting in an IPO. So that was a fantastic experience. A little later on, a pilot friend of mine that was a CPA at uh, one of the big firms, and I did the first startup for the FAA logging of aircraft logs that were approved by the FAA. And we had a great adventure there. And most recently, 
last 15 years, I've been at Vertive working on Internet of Things services and improving the reliability of the, the very systems that keep the internet running. So that's a great segue. For those who may not know as much about Vertiv, can you tell us all about the company? Well, you could think of Vertiv as a $4 billion, 50-year-old startup. We had a public offering, a SPAC, last year, actually almost one year to the day. We are headquartered in Columbus, Ohio, with about 130 uh, locations around the world. Vertiv manages, designs, deploys, and services critical equipment that power the internet. Pretty important that the internet stays powered these days, for sure. So in our last conversation, I think I mentioned that to be the plumbing, right? The infrastructure, the power that most of us don't know how it works. Most of us don't realize it works. We just want it to work. Yeah, that's right, David. When I speak to my family and friends about what Vertiv does is we don't do the servers. We don't design or engineering routers. We don't manage the networking gear itself. But everything that powers it, the infrastructure that's in data centers, co-location facilities, and telecom facilities, we keep that running and manage the uptime, if you will, of those critical systems just behind the scenes. Love it. So your role as Chief Innovations Officer, talk a little about what that realm responsibilities in that role today. Yeah. A few years ago, we started a different group. And the way I describe it is not just permission, but a little amnesty to try some new things out at Vertiv. And one of those was to transition our IoT systems from alarm only to predictive and perhaps in the future to machine learning and artificial intelligence. That group is now stood up and has been running for a few years with billions of IoT data points analyzed and watched regularly with automation and with people. So that leading that group and that initiative really gave was the segue, was the stair step to to now you looking at new technologies. And in our last conversation, you, you used a, a really interesting acronym of CAVU. Share with our audience what that is and what it means. Yeah, that's a CAVU is a pilot term. It stands uh, for Clear and Visibility Unlimited. It's those blue sky days that pilots just love to get out in the air and fly for the love of it. One of the challenges for innovation and to capture new ideas is to get them from everybody, from hear from everybody in the business and from outside. So I, I've kind of overloaded that acronym and called it CAVU for customers, associates, vendors, and universities. We want to capture ideas from everywhere and bring the relevant technology into Vertiv as quickly as we can. Love it. So how is innovation treated differently? And I love your background from you know startup to IPO, and you've been in a lot of different types of environments. How is innovation treated differently as a private company, VC-backed versus a, a public-traded entity? That's a great question. And when we talked about it previously, the ideas just roared into my head. So startup in a small business, of course, it's all about fundraising and having and painting that picture of the hockey stick that the future is going to have more revenue. And in some cases these days, profitability will occur. VC backed. One of the things that was great while Vertiv was VC owned, our benefactors saw other companies and brought them as Christmas presents into Vertiv and said, hey, we found this other company. It's in a similar area and we want you to make money along with and here's your Christmas present. So we would learn about these companies and their expertise and all of their independent ideas. 
So that's great. Being a public company now, we get to lead some of that innovation and we get to do the dragging in, if you will. And my team's tasked with that to go outside of the business and find the relevant technology, like I said, from vendors and from academia and from customers. What a great, sounds like great opportunity to really scan the market and see what's not just possible, but probable and and definitely in that line of sight. So switch gears and talk about two, three trends you've observed through this pandemic that you believe directly impacts Vertiv's lens on innovation. Yeah, I always say that innovation is best served at the buffet and you need everybody to interact as much as possible. A year ago, I would have said that and responded to this question much differently. Our people have reacted and changed as as we all have, as we become more comfortable to interact remotely to the technology isn't as brittle as it used to be, at least for me. I would say that the biggest thing is I see teams interacting remotely on their own a little more asynchronously than you you would in person setting. But I wouldn't say it's been stifled hardly at all. People adapt and people change and and they've got through it. And I have to give kudos to the just the personality around Vertiv. I was talking to a friend of mine that's a surgeon and he it was uh, elective surgery a few days ago. And he realized that his the most important person to him was his cable provider and his grocery provider. And people around Vertiv have recognized that. And, and there's this the spirit that we are essential. We're powering the internet. We have to keep this equipment running and live. And so there's something that goes on in Vertiv that I've seen in almost every person from the factories and our service teams that are out trying to keep things going or repair them if they fail is this is really important work. We need it done. We need it done correctly. We need to finish it timely. And there's like this urgency that is is really invigorating to see in our business. That urgency is also that's something that's missing in, in a lot of other companies and, and leaders that I work with are desperate for it. What do you think that comes from within Vertiv? Yeah, I think it's recognizing that it is essential. And this, the connectivity, imagine if COVID had occurred, you know, five, even 10 years ago, how disruptive it would have been to the global economy. Communications wasn't where it was today we probably would have just been emailing just about everything around. And so I think the real-time nature of connectivity and high bandwidth, you know, in the U.S., we're starting to see a pretty good penetration with 5G and communications at the edge. So bandwidth is higher, and this is permitting innovation by our folks that are doing Zoom and, and Teams, and all those capabilities have really allowed us to interoperate in ways we couldn't have before. You brought up 5G and the edge. Are there, is that an example of some of the trends you're most excited about looking at in the next few years? And if so, can you comment on others? Sure. Yeah. 5G is definitely going to transform everything just the way 3G did and LTE when it came. The ideas that will be born of uh, faster bandwidth and, and low latency, they're, I, we can't imagine where it's going to take us. I saw a little bit about how this queuing will, will work. Think about today, say we, you watch a movie on, at home in the evening. You don't know how far that needs to transit. And Edge will allow that to transit locally. I re- remember somebody telling me there was a, an article about Gangnam Style. It went viral and the energy consumed to transport that to all of the world in 5 billion views, I believe it had 
was more than quite a few countries in Africa. And Edge will help with that. We can distribute this information locally. We can do it more efficiently and with low latency. So there's a sustainability element of of Edge and 5G that will help. And we're looking forward for that. It also, unless you tell me otherwise, has profound impacts on like several key industries. I, I keep thinking like telemedicine and some of the kludgy things we do today, 5G, I get my impression is it will really streamline, I'm thinking remote field support and more of the VR, AR type technologies and even IOTs. That's right. That's right. IOT. One of the things we needed to do at Vertiv for our service organization, some of those, the equipment that we work on is high voltage and it's hazardous uh, voltages. And we, our trend was to have at least two people out to the site or a backup and lots of care to make sure if anything untoward happened that they were protected. So having eyes on anybody that's working on a UPS, for example. We switch to you see what I can see VR. So not VR in the in the scheme of at simulating the environment, but somebody remotely can have and feel exactly what the field engineer is using and he can work alone. And that's really important these days inside of a, of a UPS in the cabinet, you're in close proximity. So it's safer to, to have those guys, you see what I see remotely. And that technology wasn't even possible a few years ago. And it certainly was really expensive a few years ago. Talking about field service, how do you believe innovation can directly impact, obviously, the service council audience, right? Customer service, support, customer experiences. Can also, can you give us examples of any of innovative kind of approaches to those? Yes. I started this discussion about having some permission and amnesty averted on IoT. The need to collect information from sophisticated equipment has really changed in the last few years. Five, 10 years ago, systems would have a pile of alarms that at design time, those alarms were determined in advance. And for service organizations, a great service organization is was widely distributed. If they could, they would issue them Ferraris so they could get there faster after the alarm and was very reactive. Today, with IoT and rich data, it's not the alarms that get passed, but what causes the alarms, at least in Vertif case. So a rich connectivity to the systems, securely, of course. I suspect we're going to talk a little bit about security in a minute. But having a rich set of data that you can flow out of those systems for not the alarms, but what caused the alarms, enables the examination of abnormal operation, non-normal operation. And you can say, hey, this UPS that's over at this airport, it does not look right. There's 15 units there and, and number 12 is having a severe issue. We're not sure what it is. We don't have a sensor on it, but it's not right. We need to get over there quickly. I love the, my impression is that sounds a lot more proactive, if not predictive, and also managing by exception, right? I, I don't need you to check out all of my 12 UPSs, just a one that's an anomaly that I think needs needs addressing. So that sounds that sounds fabulous. You brought up security. There's got to be one or two areas you're particularly concerned with in terms of innovation and disruption. And if you're like any of the other executives I often speak with, security is right, right on top of that list. It sure is, David. I, I would say that it's a, it can't be an afterthought that designing secure systems have to be integral to the designs. I recall quite a few years ago, sitting around a table, 
the UPS engineers said, in a nutshell, I think they said it like this, this UPS must produce power until the smoke comes out. It is, you cannot shut me down. You cannot push me around. You cannot make my fans go off. We are not going to allow that at the core operating system in any way. And many years later, much of that philosophy lasts. The way we design generally for security is much like champagne glasses, where you you pour the data into the top of the champagne glass and it flows down to the next one. And then that one in turn flows down to the next tier. And so cracking that, if you will, requires you to break air gaps and security gaps in multiple channels of those before anything can be compromised. And I hadn't thought about it till just now, but these systems, our systems, they have no mechanism in their designs to allow them to be shut off, many of them. So that makes it secure, inherently secure. Now, go ahead. I was going to say for our audience, just a clarification, no smoke, in fact, comes out of any of our our products. I I just want to highlight that. Yeah. Thank you. I'll tell you, the other part of this is the data itself can be exploited, and we've seen some of those. And so so one of the methods is, even though the data might not uh, be compromised or the system might not be compromised, data can be used. I heard anecdotally that some system somewhere was not one of ours, and I don't even think it was a power infrastructure system, but varying power levels can allow signals and data to be moved out. And so the underlying security is you have to keep the data secure and make sure that's in a protected space too, much like castles of times gone by. What are, is a great, great insights. And again, I think the security is going to continue to become more critical for, for all of us. You've been involved with, let's say, John Carroll since his Aberdeen days. You've been there since the early days of the Service Council. What one or two key insights can the Service Council audience take away from thinking more proactively about innovation in their organizations? Yeah, I'll drag that back also to the IoT discussion, David. John's group being focused on the service in particular, very important. By watching how the service operations occur and the processes and now the changes that will occur with IoT and connected devices coupled with high bandwidth, edge and 5G, there's going to be incredible change in the world of services and service management. I recall a conference not too long ago where it was rental equipment, the kind of rental equipment you see on uh, construction sites. And some might say, hey, these things don't need connectivity. They don't need IoT. But one of the things they found is if we could give advice, if they could give advice to the users of that equipment, hey, you're stressing it, probably shouldn't be running the, the plow of this bulldozer into solid rock installing the engine, for example. If you could be easy on it, you won't have breakdowns. And they found after a couple of years with the connected systems that they didn't have breakdowns, the machines were lasting longer, the customers were much happier. They hired that piece of equipment to do a job. And tearing it up is mostly unintentional. And so having that connectivity and instant feedback said, hey, just be easy on this. It's a little hot today, so maybe you should run it at 110%. And those insights apply top-down, right, in infrastructure and servers and routers, if you could operate that equipment and give feedback to the people using it to use it within its narrower operating environment, it's going to be more reliable. 
critical for every organization. So a friend of mine says there was before COVID, right, BC, and then we're all going to live in the after COVID world, AC. What are you most looking forward to in the after COVID world? Yeah, I am so anxious to get on an airplane and be face-to-face with some of the university folks I'm talking to lately. Most universities have labs. They have young people with fantastic ideas, and not all of them are available You know, when I can meet and when Vertiv folks can talk to them. And I'm anxious to carry the story back of the changes that have happened in academia and our vendors. Innovation, I think, has, has marched on within these companies and organizations, and maybe we don't know about as much of it as we could. So I'm anxious to get face-to-face with some folks in some labs to see some fantastic applied research and then bring that into verdict. A lot of our audience members certainly understands this notion that innovation is not a specter of sport, right? It, it's hands-on and it's about iteration, which is how do I do some of the things I'm doing today better? and get opportunities to innovate, which is how do we do new things that ultimately leads to disruption, which is how do we do new things that make the old ones obsolete. What's the best way for our audience to learn more about you, your efforts, and get in touch? They can reach out to me on LinkedIn. It's gregory.ratcliffe. You'll find me there. And then my email address is the my first name, last name at vertiv.com, V-E-R-T-I-V.com. I'm anxious to get in touch with any innovators out there, service organization leaders that are would like to join forces with us. Like you said, David, getting together, doing this as community, we can react and, and be, have much better results for our individual companies together. If you joined us late, you've been listening to Greg Ratcliffe, the Chief Innovation Officer at Vertiv. Greg, thank you for being our guest on the In-Service Podcast Series. Thank you so much, David. It was a great conversation. With over 5,000 active participants, Service Council is a community of service executives leading global brands well-known for their service and support strategies. We engage service leaders who are looking to sharpen their knowledge, insights, and expand their relationships across a variety of functions, including service delivery, field service, customer support, customer experience, service parts and supply chain, as well as technology. Learn more on how to become a member a solution partner, or a Smarter Services Executive Symposium sponsor, and join us at servicecouncil.com slash community. I hope you enjoyed this episode with Greg Radcliffe of Vertiv. Uh, this is your NOR summary notes, so hopefully uh, summary ideas that you can apply in three minutes or less. So three things Greg said really resonated with me. Obviously, the title of the session, CAVU is number one, clear and visibility unlimited, a popular flying term that he's turned into customers, associates, vendors, and universities. And he's exactly right. Opportunities to innovate in your business should and can come from everywhere and anywhere. Are you savvy enough to tap into very diverse set of populations and audiences and stakeholders to really ascertain what they're trying to do and where the friction may be and where those unmet needs? Don't forget, iteration is doing the same thing better. Innovation is doing new things. Disruption is doing new things that makes the old obsolete. 
Number two, he talked about personality of the business. Their chairman uh, talking about winning now and winning later, playing to win now, but also investing in opportunities to win later with R&D. And what did he say? It's looking at three years plus out and really looking at opportunities where innovation is best served as a buffet. So are you betting on, are you managing the present now, but also really thinking about how do we win later? I'm always curious about what chief innovation officers, this guy lives, eats, breathes, really interesting opportunities. I'm always curious about what are they most excited about? What did he say? 5G and edge. I agree. What a fabulous opportunity to bring data closer to people. What is he most concerned about? Cyber. And I couldn't agree more. I think it has to become much more prevalent, much more top of mind for all of us. And the idea of integrating it into the products is all about shifting that to the left. There's a big trend in, in security getting integrated into products, into applications, into the developer environment, and really making cybersecurity a priority for all of us. By the way, three quick points. We're hosting Greg today on a live stream at noon Eastern on LinkedIn, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter. So make sure you check out the Service Council group on LinkedIn for more details. We turn the show notes from these podcast interviews into more in-depth articles. So look for them on servicecouncil.com slash blog. By the way, we have some fabulous guests joining us, including, wait for it, John Carroll, founder and CEO of Service Council, to talk about Service Evolve the new professional services arm. Uh, so hope you'll subscribe wherever you consume podcasts or visit servicecouncil.com slash podcast. We are so thankful for our listeners on the in-service podcast series and want to continue to produce content you want to hear. So would love to hear your feedback. Don't forget to follow Service Council on various social media channels for all of our latest updates using hashtag InServicePodcast.